I think I always drew cartoons. I think I always, that's my kind of love. In uni, I remember my style changed like a million times. There's always a time constraint. It's every time I notice something or I see something or I think of something that I, that I think would be a great or funny story or something like that, it would be written on my notes, on my notes app. Okay. And then um, when I have the time, I draw it out. A lot of people put uh, freelancing is like people who don't work sometimes say they're freelancing, but they're not actually freelancing. So it's gotten a bad rep in a way. Also known as a happiness illustrator, she creates beautiful snippets of happy incidents, funny conversations and daily life musings that she draws. She's been drawing professionally for over a decade and has hundreds of products manufactured from those drawings. Her drawings are full of life. They pick up on the small joys we all know but often don't really notice. She is the artist behind some of India's most loved planners and by her own admission, a stickler for timelines and planning. A prolific illustrator and a bringer of so many smiles to her art and merchandise. Join me to explore how Alicia Souza sees the world. Alicia, hi, and welcome to the Iconic Women podcast. Thank you so much. I love being here. Thank you. Um, I'm actually super curious and super inquisitive yeah. about your life because I see your art and and now the artist is here yeah. and, and there are so many questions that I want to ask you. Sure. Excited. Go. <laughs> Tell me, growing up, were you that kid that would, you know, sit in the back, like the typical backbencher who was looking at everybody and, and drawing and, you know, observing things and kind of like sniggering? Absolutely not, sadly. I was such a nerd. Again, not such a nerd. I was a relatively good student. Um, always in the front, like to the point where, this is quite embarrassing. <laughs> I used to say I can't see my glasses even then. Uh, but actually, I just didn't want to be disturbed. Like, I don't want everyone like, calling me in class. It's just so much trouble, so I just <laughs> sit in the front. But uh, yeah, so I was a bit nerdy. I always drew. Um, but I was not, I was definitely not the best draw in class but it's just that uh now when i recollect i'm like you know i just continued drawing when you're a kid everyone draws then everyone stops drawing mm -hmm. i didn't stop drawing i just continued drawing but i think i was the only one who like just stuck at it so it was not my interest like not one of my solo interests where they're like 100 percent she's getting into art. that definitely was not the case you were not one of those no definitely not and it was not even a consideration because um, so I was born and brought up in Abu Dhabi, so there there were no artists. There's just no artists. Like, I never met one. I did not even understand what that field meant. Uh, also, then there was no internet. I mean, when I was very young, there was no internet. Yeah. So it was not something you could like research and figure out what, what it meant. But when, I'm, I'm talking when you're younger. So when you're older, you start researching. And even then, it's not like illustrator is a job. It's just advertising and stuff like that, which is ultimately graphic design is what I got into because of that. Right. Um, so what was your childhood like? Oh, oh, um, a mix of everything, I think. Like, it was great. I have uh, nice parents. One of the things I always think back and I'm very, very heartily grateful for is the fact that they uh, let us do what we wanted, especially because something like my dad who and my, my and my mom, who then I said I wanted, I was thinking about design. They were absolutely okay with it. Honestly, even me now, I'd be a bit nervous 
<laughs> my son says, I want to get into this. Even though I know the field completely, because I know what goes into it. But why? Uh, why do you say that? Uh, why do I say it? That you would be in? nervous if your son said he wants to study. I think I'm still, I, I still com completely understand the nuances of like all your STEM fields. But, but I still, I feel like I got, not lucky, but I know what goes into doing something in the arts. I'm not nervous about him getting into it, but I yeah. just know what he has to put into it uh, if he has to make this work. Right. So that's that's the only that's the only thing I think. And my parents were just like, yeah, do what you love. And I was like, oh, just tell me to get into like you know medical. That would be easy. Uh, but yeah, no. So, so here they put the choice back on you. They put the choice on me, which made the uh, made it like I had to make it work. There was no going around mm. it. And especially because, uh, so I left home at seventeen, and got into uni and stuff. And then mm. after that was just like. It, like from then till now, it's just been like making it, you have to make it work. Mm. There's no, like, you know, oh, I can default to something else. It just wasn't an option. Of course. Yeah. 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 So at what point did you realize that, yes, art is, is it? Uh, art slash illustration. Yeah. I mean, we'll come to that a yeah. little further down <laughs> into the chat. But at what point did you realize that, yes, this is what I'm going to do and, and I'm going to be great at it? Ah, okay. So, um, so I feel like there are two different lines. So one is getting into design, which honestly I got into only because I was told. Like, so my art, like my art, the, there was an art teacher of the school. We didn't have art as a subject when you're older. And uh, this is the story I always tell. And because it, it, like I remember it's like as being one of those points where um, she was like, listen, if you don't take art, you're going to kind of ruin your life. Because not because I was good, but because I was so interested. Like. I remember the school magazine came up and I went running to do the cover. I was so interested and she saw that. Yeah. And uh, so that was a big moment where I was like, okay. And, and the second was my parents saying, you should do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then researching the thing. So yeah. that was, and for me, it was very scary doing that because I was, I was actually quite, I was one of the kids who was like, I kind of, I'm really good at math. I should just get be an accountant. It's just, it makes sense. It's linear. Yeah. Um, and also like, I think being in, from our, being from our, from the Middle East, I, I, it was always like nine to five job, pay your bills. This does not. I don't know. I yeah. don't know if there's like a job after this. I don't know anyone who's doing it. Mm -hmm. So that became like daunting. But I'm so glad. I mean, I had the uh, like the joy of being young, where I was like, you know, I can't take that risk. Yeah. I mean, there was no risk actually. It was like I had to make it work. It's as, it's as basic as that. There was no plan B. There wasn't, not 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 for it not working out. Unless there was, there was a point where I did consider, which was much later when I took, um, when I took, uh, I took communication design in uni, and that's pretty much graphic design. And um, when I finished uni, I was I always had like a part time job. And one of the and after I finished uni, sorry, I'm getting straight into how I got into illustration. No, just go for it. Okay, yeah. so in my final year of uni, uh, I loved drawing. Okay, and I realized all my all my work is illustration based, all my, all my projects. And the project that I wasn't illustration based, I didn't care about in too many. I, I mean, if I have to use bad words, I, I literally didn't give two shits. So in uni, you'd have like typography. Eh, oh, not, not really keen. Okay. But I mean, I love the subject to read about. Yeah. I don't want to work on it. Like, I, I was very certain by the end that I wanted to get into illustration. So, and when I, uh, at the end, I got um, like I got this mer not merit card. It was like an award for like illustration, yeah. and and I always got complimented. And so I was like, I'm. And as soon as I finished uni, my we had portfolio review day, and I got my first job from 
a random editor of, not random, <laughs> editor of the newspaper. Yeah. And she was like, I want you to do a new, uh, an illustration. I was like, okay, this is for me. And then as soon as I got <laughs> into the job market, I realized that illustration is only contract jobs or freelance jobs unless you're joining something like a newspaper yeah. or a publishing house. Mm -hmm. uh, publishing house too, it was it involved graphic design. And I was certain, uh, and it was always a very small portion of it. And I was certain I was going to do only illustration. I did not want to do graphic design. So mm. I had to be a freelance illustrator, but that meant I had to get a job on the side and I worked in a bank for a while. I worked in a coffee shop and then I worked in the bank. Okay. Uh, and the bank at, uh, was so good. <laughs> I loved the bank that at one point I actually considered that I would stay on, like in the bank and I'd be like, you know, a financial planner up my alley, found it easy. It was relatively, it worked with my sort of yeah. Like my capabilities, I could see which direction I would move in a bank. Um, yeah, but then, but then that of course changed because um, I make now this part I'm condensing is that I moved to India because uh, I started a company, and for that I moved here because we were ma manufacturing and stuff like that. And yeah, and that's that's where like the decision changed, and I'm like, okay, now this has to work. <laughs> back right. to illustration. Back to yeah. illustration. Yeah. How did your uh, drawing style evolve or change when you went from school and you know your school years in Abu Dhabi to, to college in Melbourne? Um, I think I always drew cartoons. I think I always that's my kind of love. I never was interested in drawing charcoals and doing like realistic. I never was yeah. uh, keen on that. In uni, I remember my style changed like a million times. And it wasn't until I started working as an illustrator full time that my style stuck to what it kind of is evolved from now um, because I had just had so much on my plate. So you just stick to the fastest style, which I can churn out work. So it was more, yeah. it's the outcome of like a lot of work. So you pick up these really sweet little <laughs> everyday incidents from life, right? So um, I remember you said something about how you love to eavesdrop. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and then there was uh, one, one post about how, um, you know, when there's a mosquito that bites you, you kind of very vengefully try to look for that yeah. mosquito. So like really everyday things like this, yeah. you know. Um, so what, what are those things that are going on in your mind when you say, yes, this little incident in my life happened and I'm going to put it down into like a carousel of, of seven drawings or five right. drawings or whatever. Right. What is that process? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so every time something happens, um, uh, I make a note on my phone. Before it used to be a notebook that's in my bag at all times. Now it's it's uh, not upgraded. It's moved with the times, and now it's on my phone. Okay. And it's actually a note, the notes app. So where I write, like it's all these words. Even before my notebook would be words, and I, everyone would be like, "Oh, it's full of drawings," but it's like all words. So it'll be uh, because that's the quickest way to write down. It's quickest way to take down a whole story into like into something I can refer, refer to later. Yeah. Because I, there's always a time constraint. It's every time I notice something or I see something or I think of something that I that I think would be a great or funny story or something like that, it would be written on my notes, on my notes app. Okay. And then um, when I have the time, I draw it out. Wow. And that is literally what I was doing before. Those, I saw that, uh, yeah, yeah so but that, I kind of just Yeah, that's on my phone and, and my iPad at the same time. So yeah. what was your drawing about? Was it anything to do with this podcast? No, no, no. These are like old notes. Okay. Old notes. Ah, like, so okay. whenever I something happens, it's yeah. never like what I'm doing. It's always something that I've noticed. It's not like today. I mean, that also can be a thing, but I would be more like an entry for... Uh, now I also think of output because before... Um, say before or when Instagram started or when Facebook started, so when I just got on social media, and this is, I'm talking about sharing, it was always one, it was a single panel. It was panel-based drawing. So everything was 
how do you fit all those thoughts into one panel? Right. But now it's a carousel, so you can yeah. tell a story. So that kind of works for me. So then you write a little bit more. It becomes more of a story. Not always. You can also put a single one. Uh, but it's also adapted to video, which I'm not, I've not gotten to that part yet. But yeah. um, for me, my favorite is the carousel, because I like words, and I like picture. And I think what I have to say usually goes over just a single post, but not always. Right. So yeah. yeah. I do see a little bit of video though, not not a lot, but you know where you take I like do. a little piece of paper and you transform it and you do something on yeah. it like a shark or something yeah. simple and you put it on the fridge and you know yeah, someone who yeah. sees that can, uh, I think it's like a like a mini, uh, you know, like a mini tutorial. Uh, tutorial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so do you but plan to do more of those? I, so see, I think some things are, um, my favorite thing to do is tell stories and I cannot do that on a reel if it's, with the drawings that I have, because mine are more static. So that doesn't work with um, yeah. reels as well. So instead, uh, what I can offer is, if I have to do a reel, um, is that I'll show someone how to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's, so that's like a different output altogether. But honestly, my favorite thing to do is like just tell the stories. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that people really like these tutorials makes me happy, and so I can, I can do that as well. Yeah. But it's just like, um, but those take time. That's the only hiccup. So okay. uh, that's like, I mean, it takes as much time, honestly, as maybe it's just preference. <laughs> so, you know, for someone who, who always thought that she would be in a nine to five job, like you told me last time, um, not only are you not in a nine to five job, but you get to kind of design your day and your life the way you want. And you have this exciting career as an amazing illustrator. So what changed? How, how, did, how did that happen? Okay. Um, so when I think of me as a child, and I think of what I do now, I think then if I had extended to myself in words, it would have been traumatizing because that's like the last thing I wanted. I wanted structure of just nine to five, do it. It's very understandable. Um, I remember I used to look at, I'm, I'm going away from the, but I remember I used to look at like Garfield and thinking how hard it must be for a cartoonist to draw one drawing every day. What happens if you don't come up with a drawing idea? Yeah. And now, not only do you have to draw ideas per day, but you also have to work on multiple things. So that would have been like really scary. But I think it's, um, of course, it's not like I go from there and now I'm here. It's such a long um, trajectory from, say, getting out of college and then, um, you know, understanding how you, firstly, very importantly, is how am I going to make money? Am I going to pay the bills? And from there, understanding what I love doing and what is going to be feasible. And it's all decision that led, led me to the path that I am on now. And that not only works for me uh, logically in terms of, say, financially, but also works in terms of what I absolutely love doing, what I can do in the long run, uh, what is going to grow my career, and what I can right. do in the future, and what that means, all those things. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just decisions that led it to this path. Like this, like, I don't even know where to start because um, at each part, it's, at each point, it's been different. Uh, so when I got out of uni, I was freelancing, but I also had, like worked part-time uh, to pay the bills, of course. And then after that, when I moved to India, it was working on the company. When that's like that, when we split ways, then I was working as a freelancer and what that meant uh, and really quickly needing to, of course, make money uh, and then after that, like starting the uh, online store, but that, what that meant while also working as a freelancer because I didn't want to give that up because that's stable income. Yeah. And then like all the way from that to now, 
um, yeah, that's just decisions based on like all those things. Yeah. So, so walk us through that. So, um, when you when you came back to India and you started to freelance as an right. illustrator, at some point you also kind of formed a company, right? And you and you have a partner, yes. and your partner kind of looks after the marketing and the merchandise and that end of things. If I'm not wrong. So can you walk us through all of okay. that? Because it's very structured now, isn't it? Now it's a bit structured, <laughs> yeah. a bit. Um, so when I moved to India, uh, it, like I was NRI on another level. I was, so <laughs> I did not know, I don't know anything. I feel like it's like I still am because I'm a little more closeted. I don't really know as much, but uh, but when I came here, like I, I just immediately worked in the company, but we split ways with when I started freelancing. but. That was the scariest thing because I forget no people in my field, which I didn't. I didn't know anyone, anyone in general, because yeah. um, I knew my brother who was here then, uh, and he was one of the I, literally handful. I mean, like literally maybe ten people I knew in in town, yeah. which was extremely scary because now I had to pay bills immediately. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I got my first client immediately. Also, it just happened to be at the same time, and uh, from there I started freelancing. I think a year and a half later was. When I started making merchandise, yeah, and uh, maybe two years after, like, so altogether two years into freelancing is when I met my partner Saurabh. Um, when I met my partner Saurabh, it was also coincidental that freelancing was going so well that I couldn't handle my online. I had to make a choice because it was just me. I didn't want to hire anyone because that means means managing, um, and that meant also that. Uh, I was considering closing down the merchandise section of my company. Oh, okay. Met my partner. He's like, listen, oh, we literally met. It was such a random way of how we met. Won't get into that. But we met, I, uh, and we decided he would give it a run of seeing how how to run this part of like just the merchandise part. Yeah. And I'll still get a freelance, which was very important for me. And uh, from there, we've literally just done that. So he handles the uh, manufacturing. He handles the uh, online store logistics. Everything to deal that deals with the merchandise part of my business, um, and I still freelance. So that's how yeah. I work. So it's like kind of like having two jobs. You still call it freelancing? I do call it freelancing because it's. I don't know what to say. Contract illustration. I. You know what? I think the problem is a lot of people put uh, freelancing is like people who don't work sometimes say they're freelancing, but they're not actually freelancing. So it's gotten a bad rep in a way. But I kind of like that word because that's literally what I mean. I don't know why I, I, I've never found that it word. Works for you. Yeah, I, technically it's contract illustrations. It's con it's contract work, um, and I love it. I love it so much. It's the opposite of what every like many artists complain about. It just works with me because um, I love working with different people. I love briefs. It has um, it gives you a direction of how to go. It's I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that there's a timeline. I'm extremely good with timelines. So um, there's an end. Uh, yeah. There's an end date, the delivery. Um, they're both happy at the end of it. Amazing, like I, I and it's uh, good dough, so it's, it works. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Your 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 art is, and I'm calling I'm calling it art. Yeah. I mean. um, <laughs> <laughs> so your art is it's very lighthearted. It's yeah. very joyous. It's very humorous. It's 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 like these little fun moments in life, right? Um, wh what are you like as a person? I definitely have. I mean, I, I definitely have. Uh, very blessed with just generally being mostly in a good mood. So to be honest, like I just generally am happy, go lucky in a way. Yeah. So it's easy to draw about those things as well. 
But uh, it's not that obviously things don't go wrong and stuff, but I just it's just not things I feel like drawing about, or maybe I'm just used to not drawing about it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, ultimately what comes out is that. But I, 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 I definitely put it down to, and now I can see it because um, I've also read a lot about it. It's just, I feel like just generally born a bit happier. <laughs> so okay. it just works in my favor that the drawings end up being wow. a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Touchwood. Yeah. yeah Touchwood. Also, I mean, also you make decisions based. Like, so a lot of, I mean, it doesn't go, uh, it doesn't walk a, a lonely line, right? It's also things like I was very particular when, even with, especially with work, that I would not do something that I don't like doing. And when I say don't like doing, I don't like doing accounts, but of course I do my accounts. Like yeah. it doesn't, it's not frivolous like that, but it's like, what would change my life in a way that's not so much better, but will in, like, um, I, I'll give you an example. Um, when, when we were making decisions about the company, one of the big decisions was that I was going to work from home because mm -hmm. changing that would mean a significant part of my day is not only meant to travel, but, uh, but means that I'm, uh, I would, a lot of time gets wasted in me not doing what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so these big decisions, uh, I feel like I've seen very small but are very important in your overall happiness. This is like another topic altogether. But these are, I take very seriously. Yeah. Um, me being able to uh, prioritize things beyond just work is a big decision that I make in life. And that also is a sacrifice with, uh, say, being able to take on certain things uh, sometimes. But it's very, very big decision. I don't take calls after a certain time. Okay. All those things are like, they're pretty hard to hold on to. Uh, but the minute you do it for a substantially long amount of time, you realize how much more it adds to your uh, general niceness of your life. Right. And I feel like people don't pay attention to those parts as much as they should. Um, and I'm very particular about that as well. So would you say that you're holding on to what makes you comfortable in terms of putting your best work out or, you know, sort of like your best output? I think of it as life, honestly, because I think for me, work is integrated with life because I work from home, not only that, yeah. uh, but like everything about life affects my work and vice versa, honestly. It's not it's not independent, sorry, yeah. something's an eye. Uh, it's not independent of each, uh, of each other. So um, I'm not holding on to as much as I'm thinking about a decision based on these factors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and... That and honestly, that doesn't only, it's not only for work, but it's for everything else. Yeah. So when someone asks like any question for on either work or life, um, I consider like how it's going to affect my future life and how it's going to affect my present life. Really? And stuff like that. Can you walk me through an example? Like, like I just mentioned, like something like working from home. And that's like just a small example, but uh, that's a big factor in how um, how it affects my daily life. So, and, and you're you're happy to say no to things which kind of don't then, uh, you know, kind of fall in, fall into this. So because you are particular about your time and, and you're quite guarded about that, you're, you're happy to let a few other things go. I, I wish I would say I'm, I'm actually the worst at saying no. So oh. making these strong rules help. Mm -hmm. um, so if I say I'm not taking calls after six, yeah, uh, that means it goes for everybody. So it's not like a, uh, I'm saying no to someone. It's just the rule. Um, it's easier doing that than saying I will take your call at six or yeah. I'll take your call at seven um, but because there's like a rule for. And it's really important for me because I'm. I think, uh, and, and that's why I find it hard to say. When you said art, I find it hard to say my work is art and I'm an artist because yeah. I feel like I'm not generally, at least 
the artists I meet are more, uh, how, do I, how do I put it, free? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I feel like I, th that's why even when I started, I'm like, I understand STEM because I feel like that's also kind of where my, my general personality, even growing up, was more that right. inclined. Right. And I'm, def I'm so disciplined. And it's the opposite of, I mean, not the opposite of free, but, but um, everything is so structured. Nothing is like uh, left to chance. You know, so it sounds more um, unartisty. <laughs> That's the only thing. I think of my, uh, my drawings as illustrations as opposed to, because I mostly do commercial illustration, mostly if not entirely uh, do commercial illustration. So that kind of, I find that, not that it's not art, but I don't know. I just, uh, this, this is like a debate I keep having with, not debate, but like a conversation I have with myself and conversation I have with other people sometimes because it's very interesting to hear what people co consider art. And mm -hmm. um, and everyone considers illustrations art. Yeah. Uh, and I consider other people's illustrations art. But not your own. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, so everything that you share on social media, uh, even in print, like I have your diary, you know, Thank you. <laughs> um, it all looks so effortless. But but. I, I feel like there is someone really working diligently and working hard behind all of this. Maybe the, the, the art, or sorry, the illustrations do come to you effortlessly. <laughs> the art is <laughs> but, but, but what is that hard work? What is that legwork that you have to do you oh know, to, to make what you make? <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely can say I work hard. As in I work, when I say all the time, in work hours, I do not at all uh, faf is the only word. I do not play yeah. around. It's not, it's the best feel, um, but to make it work, as at least the way I'm making it work, for me, oh, I think it, it works in multiple ways, right? But for me, uh, I work really hard. I, because, like I said, it's two jobs. Now I have to work for the company to ma manufacture merchandise because that involves not only me getting financial returns, because that's the output, but also now, because it's a company on its own, it... It, so many people depend on it. There's like people who work in every, like, you know, along the way, so it's a chain. So suddenly you're responsible for other people as well. Right. But I also work with companies and that is also my, uh, that's my bread and butter. So that's something I can't take for, like, you know, I can't be like unavailable for three months because I'm like, they're, they're going to forget. So I have to work all the time and make sure there's no backlog whatsoever at all times. So... Yeah, there's a lot of, so there's there's literally no, no. Yeah. Uh, there is a, again, like I'm going to use the word sacrifice because because it's all work, I don't get time now specifically. So specifically um, uh, after having a child, there's no, so in the evenings, I used to not take, do client work. I used to just do my work. When I say my work, I'd like, I get to paint for fun or I'll try a new medium, which I've not yeah. tried before. There's none of that now, mm -hmm. which is the only sad part I think of, work life now but it's fine because i get other experiences which is like my child of course so have you ever tried to convey other shades of emotion you know so so there is the spectrum of of happy and light and and you know just kind of joyful yeah um have you tried to convey other stuff and you know put yeah. that out there as well okay so it's always because it's based on life and based on me yeah and I, at least the story i tell online is based on that so I tend to draw, like, there, there are multiple times I draw about things that are a bit sadder, so like losing a pet. But ultimately, it comes to, like, I want people to walk away, and at least that's how I also think of talk. Like, even if you're losing something, I want people to walk away feeling 
better. Not yeah. like, oh, that's just sad, you know? Mm. How I love my movies, by the way. I love it. Like, it's the opposite. You like the sad movie? Oh, the, the hauntingly bad. I love it. <laughs> like, oh. but, okay, um, I'd never have guessed. Yeah, I know. It's surprising. I cannot watch Sappy yeah. Happy. Cannot. Cannot do it. So when you do convey these other shades of emotion, right? Yeah. Like you said, missing somebody or, yeah. you know, losing a pet or... Um, what are the reactions that you get? Are they different from the reactions that you get for, you know, the sort of like the more regular stuff that you do? Uh, people resonate in other ways because if you've not lost a pet, you're not going to, uh, you know, know what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, you're not going to know what it feels like and you might not resonate as much. And um, yeah, with, with all these things, right, it's a lot of things. Like if I'm talking about mosquitoes, if you don't get bitten by mosquitoes as I do, you're not going <laughs> to resonate with that word. Uh, yeah. yeah, otherwise I'm like bait for mosquitoes at all times. So... So, like, the same thing with other things. Like, I, I know um, there's some emotions that people might resonate with, but if I don't, then how am I going to express it? Is it important that, that what you put out um, should even resonate with someone or they should even be able to relate to it? Or does it just, does it matter? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so let me start from the beginning. So when I started drawing, uh, when I was in college, sorry, when I, I always drew, but, like, when I was drawing in college, it was the first time I shared things on the internet, and that was through blogs and blogger. And uh, I put out everything. And now when I look back, it's like absolute. And you put out because you, you're not expecting people to see it. You're just putting out because you're, you're putting out. It's like, um, and I think, honestly, that's the way people should start. You should put out for putting out. But now I also have, I know I have an audience. So when I put out, I do think a bit about, uh, that's why I have like, uh, things where I don't, like, very particular things about things that I don't do. Like, I don't draw about politics. I don't draw about touchy subjects. Uh, these are not conversations I feel like I want to have via drawings on the internet, very particularly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think of, like, some things people will resonate with. And sometimes I'm surprised. Um, but I, I feel like I'm such a <laughs> general person. Uh, I, I feel like I have everyday emotions. That everyone kind of resonates with. Like yeah. everyone kind of will feel what I feel. I not. I don't feel anything particularly different. I can talk about uh, if I talk about my kid or having a child. That's not something I would have related to like four years ago. Yeah, three years ago. But like it's just not. So people who will not understand that. Like even when I was drawing about being pregnant, people like a lot of people wouldn't understand what that even meant. Um, so and that's fine, right? Absolutely fine, but it's not like I'm like, oh, let me hold back and not tell how funny yeah. it is to be like pregnant, you know? So yeah, um, yeah I, I I put out a bit on that and like you know, so I do think like people want, but it's not that I'm it's, I'm holding back because of it. Yeah, you you've got these um these really sweet little posts about your toddler. I mean, he <laughs> comes into your posts every once in a while, and um, how, so how does how does motherhood and art tie in for you? How does it all come together? Okay, so I drew about life from the beginning. So it was like, when I moved to Bangalore, there was a lot of, like when I started driving, there was a lot of drawings about traffic, yeah. about being in the car, things I noticed from the car, like so many things from the car. I do not go out as much now. I'm very homely. So I don't get to draw about things from the car. Yeah. So it's all, then Then it became, then I, uh, I got my dog and then uh, everything's about dogs. Then, yeah. you know, I started seeing my husband. Everything's about, like, coupley things and, like, lovely things. And now it's motherhood. So it's just things that are happening and that, in, like, engulf my life in a way. So yeah. um, that, wherever I see stories, it's basically that. So that's why I feel like people who follow me for a while 
always tell me like I've seen your journey through all these things because because that's what it is. It's just like things I notice in just regular yeah. normal life that I lead. Uh, so everyday stuff. Does your kid like to draw? Does not have, absolutely does not, <laughs> which is very sad. I thought, oh, we'll be drawing together. He, uh, he's less inclined than many kids I've seen, which is very sad. But hopefully it changes. I don't know, but it'll be nice. Um, my plan is to use him for parts of the drawing I don't like doing. Uh, when okay. he's older, but let's see how that goes. So like a future assistant. Hopefully. I have uh, no hopes <laughs> the way it's going at this point. Okay. You know, in, in common perception, there is often a divide between uh, art, like mm -hmm. pure art, and then more applied forms of art, like like illustration. <laughs> so, so why is it that you don't think of yourself as an artist? I wish I had the answer to this, which is why I said it's always a question I have without any, I, I've never been able to. Technically, honestly, if I was removed from myself, I'd be like, yeah, I'm an artist. Yeah. Uh, but I would call a lot of things art in that case, right? Um, like someone who does anything creatively, and that can be code. Uh, code can be like art, because you can make it beautiful code. Right. Um, and that means he's an artist, but he's also a coder. So you know, that's the part where I'm like, this is just one of those words which are very broad. Yeah. Um, so technically, I am an artist. It's just that I don't refer to myself as art. And when, when you talk about art, applied art and, and art as in for visual pleasure, uh, Again, they're both the same thing because you can take something that's beautiful and put it, and it is being used, of course. Like I can't, like I can take the Mona Lisa and use it on a chocolate cover, and that's applied art, but it's still art. Um, so it's just a matter of use, using it differently. These are just words. I feel like it's just it's yeah. every everything, and then like I said, everything becomes art, which is why I feel like it's not a word I would use. Um, yeah, like I mean, someone can do <laughs> do a beautiful, like can do. Um, you know, can arrange books beautifully. Oh, yeah. why, I'm looking at wires, and I'm like, why? Like, you know, an electrician can put, like, wires, like, set it up so beautifully that it becomes art. But then is it art? Like, how does that, how do you define that? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe there is a way, but at mm. least I'm not familiar with it. And so I, that's why I don't use the word as much as, at yeah. least in my case, illustrations. Yeah. yeah. Do, do people refer to you as an artist? All the time. Yeah. In fact, that's the, the primary way people yeah. refer to I, I would think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just not how I would. I would use designer before artist, even though I'm so far. I I mean, not so far from being a designer, but like I definitely always call myself a commercial illustrator or illustrator. Right, yeah. right. So you're like fully on the iPad now? Uh, Most of your illustrations happen like that? No. Uh, I still many a times draw on paper. Yeah. Recently, like for the past year, it's been iPad primarily, which was like definitely not the year before that, which is nuts. Yeah. But like, again, a very big thing is time constraint. I love drawing with pen, but I just don't. If I can get even like a couple of hours yeah. extra, I will. I will take the. I'll make the switch. But of course, it's without. Uh, I mean, it's it goes. I mean, it's obvious. But but like, of course, I won't lose the quality. Um, I'll, I'll never do it for the sake of quality. So I won't right. be like, let me use a the iPad because, you know, it's faster, but, you know, my my outlines won't look, if it doesn't look as good, I want to use it. Yeah. But also, definitely putting in, of course, again, I'm going back to technology has changed where I have, like, the ability to make uh, a stroke on the iPad and it looks so much like a pencil that I don't really need to use the pencil. Right. You know, I get, I get a covering on the iPad which makes it feel like paper so I don't miss out drawing on paper. You know, all those things also have come into play. So, yeah, it's part of it, yeah.
do you have um, like an ideal time, place, and a setup where you like to work, or are you just a person who can draw on the move like <laughs> you were doing here? One hundred percent, very static at my computer. Uh, that's my setup. That's why I don't tend to. I'm not one of like. This is why again, like everyone has the idea of an artist going out and drawing, and do not do that. And yeah. why I end up making notes more than drawing, mm -hmm. uh, because there's a specific place I like drawing. That's at my computer, uh, at my desk, on my chair, with coffee. <laughs> um, and I know it's a very overused term, but what does work-life balance look like for you? Because I think you're very particular about this. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, very easy before uh, child, very hard after child, only because I have a lot to do in a day. But after a child, like after I had my child, there's no way I could cancel anything out. If I had to cancel something out, it would have to be my work, mm -hmm. which is where I feel like there's uh, a sacrifice on the front of like experimenting, which is the thing I honestly miss the most. But yeah, that's the only way. So when I am with him, there's no way around, like, there's no half hearted. Things. And that's, I think anyone with a child will tell you, you can't be, that's you know, amazing, you can't. Yeah. Have, you you yeah. want that, yeah, you yeah. want to give that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can one become good at art, like at the level of, you know, kind of becoming professional, good at art or illustration, just by being interested and, you know, by working hard? Or is it just innate talent that, that can make somebody an illustrator? If I teach you to draw a cat today, and you're like, doing it for the first time, it's not going to be good, possibly. Uh, but you do it 10 times over a week, you're going to be good at drawing that damn cat. It's the same with, uh, like, I don't know how to draw a lot of things. I still have to practice. People talk about talent, but ta talent is what, 20% of the thing. The rest is just work, hard work for anything. Students or anyone getting into the field need to understand. It's, it, and also the swap of it not being a hobby, because when it changes from hobby into career, there's a lot that gets, gets changed. And that's why I talk about diligence a lot, because it's yeah. not something where you're like, oh, I feel like drawing today. It's not, whether you feel like drawing or not, you will have to do it yeah. if you have a financial responsibility for this to make it work, uh, for this to work. And um, yeah, and, and so like understanding that you have to do it whether you like it or not. And that involves a lot of things, not only doing your uh, drawing for a client, but that how do, you, how do you take the next step? How will my next client see me? There's so much more involved, there's so many more intricacies. So it's not, um, Again, unless you're an illustrator for, say, a newspaper, you're just drawing. You need to read the news, you need to draw. Of course, there are many more intricacies with that as well. But especially as like a contract illustrator, um, how will I make you know my next paycheck come? How will I make mm -hmm. sure that my next paycheck goes, you know, yeah. elsewhere? And all yeah. those things. It's uh, it's not a one-track job. It's like a multiple. It's a juggling job. A bit of yeah. bit of that. If you had to point to one woman um, anywhere in the world who who kind of um, you know, just the way she is excites you and the way she is kind of maybe inspires you or you just think she's like, an, like a complete rock star. Who, who would that woman be? <laughs> um, so recently, not so recently, but I read a book um, about this lady, Temple Grandin, who is an, an animal behaviorist, but she's also like an academic. I think she's a bit of a scientist as well. And the book was called Thinking Visually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, for a big chunk of my childhood, I want to be a vet. I love animals oh, okay. so wow. much. Like, anyway, that's another story. That's when you first connected to Temple Grandin. I, I mean, everyone should read it because just understand how people think, in, especially when it comes to work. So they talk about like, I'm, I'm, it's like as if I'm doing a podcast for this book, <laughs> but, but they're talking about like when people are at work and why you need people who think visually to understand how something would flow, especially if you're working with, say, 
construction and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. it's just a beautiful book. I, wow. I don't know. It's amazing. So so there's autism and then there's, there's uh, you know, different patterns and ways of thinking and there is animal welfare and all of these kind of come together for her. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's all the stuff she is involved in. Yeah. On yeah. the fact that she's amazing. Fantastic. She's an amazing person. Yeah. Um, so, so as you know, on on this podcast, uh, we <laughs> will, you know, we will dress our guest up as that person. That, it's going to be very admire. hard. We look extremely <laughs> different. Yeah, on but every I think that's, front. that's what makes that's what makes my work more exciting. Yeah, you know, to, 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 <laughs> I mean, we'll do our best. Okay. okay. This is the bit where I style our guest and transform her into her role model. As you just heard, Alicia's iconic woman is the multifaceted animal behaviorist, change maker, and writer, Temple Grandin. To watch me style Alicia as Temple, head to our YouTube channel and check out the transformation. Let me know what you think. It's been amazing chatting with you, so Alicia. Lovely talking to you. Yeah, thank too. you so much for coming. Um, I think that you've kind of like uh, really opened up, uh, you know, some of those thoughts and questions that one might have about about art about illustration about you know sort of being this super hardworking um <laughs> illustrator and and your process and you know sort of how you hold on to uh your idea of work-life balance and you know how that kind of feeds into a more meaningful life for you so i think on many points tons of takeaways um thank you so much yeah i'm so and the only thing i have is like every time i have a talk about my work and how i work is that i feel like I get worried that people are like, oh, it's not as interesting as I imagined because <laughs> it's very regular to put in the work to the, you know? Um, but I like to make that known because I don't want anyone, like, you know, especially when you're getting into a field, they should not be a romanticizing of this. Absolutely. I mean, but it is. I'm ending with the best feel in the world. It is. <laughs> so you, you cannot go to sleep. Like, it's just, you just feel great during the work after the work, it's just it's just one of those. I think when you do what you love, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And it and it shows right in 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 the work that you do, and and so many people, <laughs> so many people feel that when they see your work. So yeah, I think it's yeah, some, something is really working. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and with that, we close this episode. I hope you enjoyed this session with stories straight from the heart. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch super inspiring narratives of more iconic women. Every new episode drops on Friday at 6 p.m.